Iguodala, and here it comes. He got it! The Warriors have won on a game-winning shot by Andre Iguodala! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. A Smith screen. Posey will defend. to get your daily prescription from the doctor. And Saul says, hey, pass a big ticket. T.C. Martin. And here comes the Birdman. Flapping his wings and soaring for a sweet flush. When you're aerodynamically designed with that hairdo, you can do those kinds of things with that sweet mohawk. The doctor is now in. Unos, dos, tres. Glad to have you with us here on this thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Glad to have you. Oh, yes, it is game one of the NBA Finals. We've had to wait a little bit, but we finally got it ready to roll tonight. Golden State and Boston. We got it covered for you live from San Francisco, the Chase Center. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, is going to join us, as is Jim Barnett, the television analyst of the Golden State Warriors, and, of course, Jim, a champion himself with those 1975 Golden State Warriors, Rick Barry and company. So, yes, they will join us here as we talk. NBA Finals, Celtics-Warriors, looking forward to that. Aces in action tonight on the WNBA side as they're going to get it on again against the Connecticut Sun tonight. Look forward to that 7 o'clock tip-off, 6.30 pregame. You can join me on the radio side if you're not going out to the Mandalay Bay, the Michelob Ultra Arena. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM, 6.30 pregame. You can hear me along with the head coach, Becky Hammond. Kelsey Plum will join me on the pregame show as well, too. And then, of course, tip-off, Numchuck. 603? 706 tonight. Oh. There it is. There you go. I don't have that confirmed. Sometimes it's it's two minutes after, three minutes after, six minutes after. But I got a feeling it's seven oh six tonight. That's what I'm thinking. There you go. And you just want me to say just say seven or just say seven oh five. Say seven oh five. No. Yeah. Ballpark it. There yeah. you go. I told you if I would have given you a couple minutes late last, you, you would have missed about four buckets. Can't do that. There you go. Aces on fire. Best record in the WNBA. Nine and one. Six and zero oh at home. Seven game win streak. Yes, in our interview with Asia Wilson from yesterday's show up on the website. So go listen to that. Check that out. Of course, Asia talking about the hot start that the Aces have, her love of Las Vegas, uh, music. We talked about all kinds of stuff. So go check it out on the website at tcmartinshow.com. All right, Scott Spritzer is going to join us uh, as well today. Scott will join us next hour. We start handicapping the finals, the best way to bet the finals, all right? The series, the games. We're breaking it all down for you, that and a whole lot more today as well. Plus, we got a little Major League Baseball next hour as well, too. So hang tight with all of that. All right. So when we left you yesterday, uh, our good friend, the big seven-footer, was having some phone issues. And don't know what happened, but the report that we got that his phone blew up. So I said that we're, we're going to have to reconvene, you know, once, uh, you know, whatever. He gets a new phone, gets the bugs worked out, and lo and behold... Uh, I understand that the phone, I don't know if he's got a cord around it. I don't know if it's got uh, rubber bands or Band-Aids or he just spent the money for a brand new phone, but he's back. 
so we could talk NBA Finals Game 1 in his town of San Francisco, Big Bill Cartwright. What is going on, my man? Well, the phone issue is uh, is over. Okay. Uh, it was it was a it was a uh, small big issue, but uh, who won? Did you out. win or the phone win? Who who won the battle? Well, luckily, I have a really smart son. <laughs> so um, you know, when you have that, you have smart uh, relatives. Things get taken care of quickly, so. No, uh, just care the issue, and uh, it's 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 all over. All right, now just for the record here, because Numchuck wants to clarify, we got to make sure that the smart son is not Justin, right? Because we know that the people named Justin they're they're not really mechanically inclined, especially from a, a computer standpoint, right? Well, all of my sons have uh, talent. Yeah. So, but no, this one is Jason. You're right. <laughs> Jason is a, a computer guy, uh, as is uh, as as is my daughter. My uh, youngest son is the sports guy. Right. So any sports, uh, you would love to have a conversation with him uh, because he does love to bet, uh, and uh, and definitely has strong opinions. So. Uh, you you and he would have a, a spirited conversation by my son James. Yeah. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. Numchuck, why are you taking things personal? We're, we Bill doesn't have a son named Numchuck, so I don't know what you're what you're all riled up about here. You know, I mean, there's just guys that named Justin. I mean, look at Beaver. I mean, there's you know, not a lot of good Justins out there. You know, I don't know what you got against. You know, why, why you're pro Justin? I don't know. You're a Num Chuck. Last name Chuck. First name Num. There it is. Or as Peter wow. Sellers said in the party, Bill, did you ever see Peter Sellers in the party? Great movie. You remember that movie? 1968. Your girlfriend, Sophia Loren, was in that movie, too, I believe. Right? Um, I, I do not remember that movie. Uh, <laughs> disappointing because everybody loves to look at Sophia Loren. But, right. Uh, no, I do not Peter Sellers that. in the party. It, it takes place. He goes to a party. He gets an accidental invite. Okay. And Peter Sellers is an actor. He plays like an Indian actor that nobody wants anything to do with. This guy's like the plague. You know, he's just bad luck. As you say, bad vibes, right? He's on the set. He accidentally blows up the set. He they get an accidental invite to the party. He shows up the party, and like he blew up the set, he blows up the party. And just everything that could possibly go wrong with this guy, it went wrong. And there you go. And he has a scene in there where he's actually talking to a parrot, and he's going, birdie num num. Num num birdie num num. So that's why I look at Numchuck here, and I'm saying that. So it's a classic movie, Bill. Yes. The party. It's it's one of the best of all time. We talk about like our parents and stuff. That was like my dad's favorite movie. I mean, every time that thing would come on like late night, I have to watch it with him. He loved it. Wow. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe I'll get to that one day. Yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's not high on my list, but you know. Uh... Okay. So let's let's go to the breaking news here. And again, I, I was telling the story. To uh, who was I telling? Oh, I was telling some 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 my friends who who were who were in town from Green Bay and the Connecticut Sun. We were talking about movies that the theaters are back open here, and uh, everyone's asking me if I've seen Top Gun, uh, the new Top Gun. And we talked about it with T.J. Reeves, 
And the reason I bring you into it because this got kind of like parlayed into uh, other big movies, you know, going out, and that was Black Panther got brought up. So we were, I was talking about how you drug me to Black Panther. So people want to drag me to Top Gun. So the, and I know you're a big movie guy, and you love seeing these premieres. Have you seen the new Top Gun yet? I have not seen the new Top Gun. And, um, you know, I don't get being drugged to the movie. You, you should be blessed that I took you to that movie. The only problem with the movie is that you, you're not a sci-fi guy. You know, and stuff, you know, I, I don't know. If it's out of the realm a little bit of, of possibility and, and futuristic, you're, you're just out. So it's just really bizarre. And, and that's bizarre, too, because you don't like Westerns either. Which is, which is like un-American. Except so for Blazing Saddles. Except for Blazing Saddles. Except for Blazing Saddles. Right. So Let's be clear. I do I, like I, Westerns. I do, I, I, no, you like one Western. <laughs> so I, I, just don't, I just don't get your range. You know, your range is literally, you've you got to open your mind a little bit. But but uh, but Top Gun, I do want to see it. Um, I think it's, you know, it's got a lot of action in there. Uh, I guess... Uh, uh, Goose's dad is very upset. Goose was killed. Ah. So look, he's giving he's, he's giving us spoiler alerts behind the scenes. Quit stuff. spoiling it. No, that's okay. That's okay. You know? Oh, because no, you want to well, see. Maybe, it. Hold maybe, on, now, maybe, Chuck. You're not going to any that. movies. You, you you never go to a movie. You can't get out of here. Anyway, go ahead, Bill. <laughs> so baby, baby Goose is very upset. So <laughs> uh, I guess by the end of the movie, he'll, he'll be okay, and some people some medias. So we have to figure that out. Okay, so, listen. Back to the back to the the Black Panther. Okay, no, the Black Panther. Okay, wasn't my genre. Was okay, but the problem with with the movies was that you picked sitting in the front row. We sat in the front row. No human being sits in the front row of a movie, and you and I are are there looking at this thing for two and a half hours. I got a neck ache. I needed a neck brace after that experience. What are you talking about? That was the travesty of of going to that movie with you. Are you crazy? Well, maybe, well, maybe, maybe the person who took me to the movie would have got me there a little sooner. Oh, yeah, so, this is that, not me, that, and it is not Bill. This is be this is be the bride of of what forty uh, six years or forty years? Yeah, that's, that's, that's forty three years. 40. You can't blame her because that's like blaming your wife. That's not going to happen. So, so somebody else has got to take the blame, and that's you, pal. Me. Own up to it. Oh, no, I, I didn't take you. I mean, you took me. I, uh, and then the popcorn was good, though. That was good. I saw that. But uh, okay, so we we have to see. Uh, I'm down for Top Gun because I like the original. And again, it's not sci-fi. I I could do Top Gun, but I was just curious if you've seen it. Here we go. It's, it's, it's no sci-fi, and nobody has a horse. So I guess you're gonna be fine. Yeah, there you go. All right, my friend. Uh, NBA Finals tonight. Here we go. Warriors, Celtics. Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, of course. It's gonna be I think it's gonna be a great matchup. Uh, as you know, the toughest game in the series is the first game. Where they kind of feel each other out. Uh, things are gonna be a little uh, wackier than normal. Um, whether teams can't shoot the ball, they will shoot the ball, they'll throw it away, they won't. Something weird's gonna happen. It's not I'm not foreseeing a great start of this game uh, because that's just the way it is. Every every start of every series, uh, it's a poor game. So 
we are expecting the Warriors. They're at home. Uh, their entire team has played really well together. Uh, so far, they've, they've been great, extra pass, uh, making great decisions. Uh, they've got a, just guys, a lot of guys making a contribution. So I'm expecting them to win. But once again, uh, it's a tough game. It's just a tough game. It doesn't matter. This first game is going to be wacky. First game jitters there uh, from anyone, especially guys like the Celtics who haven't been in in, in a finals before. Go back to, to your first uh, NBA finals, man. What was that like for you? Well, my first NBA finals, you know, my, as you know, I don't really have that because I only play one way. And it's almost like your guy, Bill Bear, who plays one way. He's going to play one way. You know he's going to play. So you know what you got to do uh, to be successful, and good or bad. So I was never really nervous uh, because I was just going to come straight ahead. Um, if it worked, great. If it didn't, whatever. So I can't do anything about it. All I can do is put my best effort on the floor. But um, – a lot of guys do. A lot of guys just don't shoot well. A lot of guys, uh, you know, you, it's just it's just different. And, and it takes that second, third game to get really comfortable. And that's when you start seeing something, uh, something I think really special. So uh, I just think it's going to be interesting to see. Um, and you never know who it's going to be, who's going to come off the bench, who's going to be able to make a contribution. Uh, hopefully there's nothing wacky that has happened at championship series where some guy tweaks his ankle or, or gets a kick, gets knocked to the floor and he's out. Hopefully we'll have a, uh, healthy game or a healthy series. And, uh, and we'll just go from there, but, uh, it should be fun. You know, I mean, I do like both these teams. I like the way they play as far as how hard they play. Um, they're going to get after their, they're, they're really a no nonsense team. Um, and for the most part, they, they share the ball. So this is probably for, for the teams that we like, these two teams, um, are, are enjoyable to watch play because nobody's going to pick the ball. Nobody's going to dominate it. Uh, they're going to hustle really hard on defense, even though uh, there's no real. Well, maybe there's you know there's basketball. They'll, they'll they'll try. So this this is the closest we have to old style basketball. So we we better enjoy it. Yeah, I agree. You know, going back to your time in the finals and maybe the first one, did, did Phil Jackson have the exact same approach like during the course of, of the regular season uh, once you got to a finals or say your the, the first finals or imparted uh, words of wisdom or do anything? Because we know that he would do some things maybe out of the norm and I guess I don't know what, do you try to either break the monotony or keep you guys loose? Uh, you, you got any stories like that? Well, you know what Phil would do is that um, we had different thoughts. So we had um, George Mumford, who was our um, 
you know, we would get get on the floor, we would meditate. So we were for the first team that would meditate. So, uh, like after practice, you lay on the floor, you meditate, or uh, instead of going to practice or going to shoot around, we'd uh, George would get us in the room and meditate. Now I gotta tell you, guys were snoring in that room, especially Horace Grant. So, uh, which is kind of humorous, but why not? So it was. Uh, that was a little bit different. And then <laughs> one year when we were in New York, we took a ferry boat ride. Okay. Instead of going to practice. So, yeah, we broke it up a little bit and did, did some different uh, did some different stuff. So, um, and then during the course of the season, you know, we'd have teams event where we'd actually go bowling, uh, which was uh, which was kind of fun. I kind of like like the bowl. I kind of see you as kind of being a bowling kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I I, I used to love bowling back in the day. I mean, there's no question about it. You know, I was more of a fastball guy, you know, right down the middle. And I had like that little screwball that, you know, I'd throw it right-handed. I'd go slightly left to right. I was never one of these big hook guys. You know, where you you see these guys with the hook or they they really – they curve it and they almost like – they they cup it like you know on their forearm and they and they they flip it like that. That was never me. I was like rare back and fire, and that suited me pretty well. What about you? No, I didn't have a big hug. I had a little one. I, I had a good friend of mine. Him and his dad, they were great bowlers. So they so they kind of showed me how to throw the ball, but I I couldn't throw a big hug. And but you know I I, I posted some decent scores. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm never going to throw a 300 game. <laughs> That's for sure. But, uh, uh, but it's fun, especially when you were young, you got out, you're throwing the ball, you're rolling it. Um, all really, really good stuff. Now, now was bowling a good date night for you? Is that good? Is that a good way to go pick up chicks? Well, I shouldn't even say that. I mean, because you were basically already spoken for when you were 14, so I guess you're, you're a bad person to ask that, right? I'm 14, maybe 17. <laughs> okay, pre-17 then. There you go. Uh, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure, and I shouldn't say this. I'm not sure the bowling alley is the spot to, to, uh, to do that anyway. Hey, hey, so. you, we both kind of grew up in small towns, man, you know, there. So you know, bowling alley was kind of kind of a spot to go to. I got to say it was for me, you know. It's like, hey, let's go hang out at the bowling alley. And you know what I loved best about the bowling alley was the french fries. I mean, oh, man, they had some great crinkle fries at, at the Folsom Lake Bowl. I'm telling you, man. Still there, by the way. You've driven by it many times. Yeah, well, you know, like for for, for guys like me, uh, guys, old guys, all that French fry stuff is out. Yeah. Well, I was talking about back in the day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, okay. no we, can't, we can't do that anymore. We got to uh, we got to watch our our our, uh, our starches and our sugars and uh, make sure we're still we're still moving around. And then, uh, you know, guys, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he is on the same water drinking uh, thing that I have to. Because, you know, you're supposed to get, guys are supposed to get about 120, I think it's exactly 126 ounces of water a day. Now, my question is, do you drink 126? And 26 ounces of water a day? No, nobody does. And I don't understand that either. I hear that all the time, too. I mean, I probably can't do more than the 12 to 16 ounces of water in a day. <laughs> we talk 
Philip, I just drank. Uh, I just drank 120 ounces yesterday. Okay, so there's your bullying, uh, your, your bullying advice and tidbits uh, for the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. There he goes. Five-time NBA champ, but zero-time champ when it comes to the bowling uh, lane. Probably uh, an average of about 118, I'm guessing. But that's okay, man. That's okay. Hey, as, long, as long as I'm out there, I'm good. That's it. All right, man. So are we going to see... The big men have a presence in this. You and I talk about the big men. You miss the big men. All right, Boston's got Al Horford. The the Warriors, I mean, what are we talking about? We can't consider Draymond Green a big. He, he's he's not at all. Uh, Kayvon Looney, I guess. We don't see Wiggins down uh, in the post much. Uh, is this just going to be all perimeter? Or, you know, talk a little bit about the big men. Are they going to play uh, – are they going to play a role in this series? Are we going to see some post-action? No, we're not going to see any post-action. If, if we could get a couple, but uh, no, you know, they don't play on the post anymore. But I think both big guys play a significant role because they're, they're both really good defenders. Uh, Al, Al Hopper is a very, very good shooter, so they, they throw him at the three-point line. Uh, Looney has played really good. Is finishing great, finishing around the basket, um, playing smart. Uh, Looney fits them like like a glove. I, I think this guy is uh, is really valuable for him. I think he's a free agent too at the end of the year, so they're going to have a big decision to make with him. But uh, yeah, both guys are good. Both guys are valuable, and uh, no, we will not see them on post for sure. Yeah, you're probably right about that. All right, we know that styles make fights, right? And the same thing goes uh, in an NBA Finals as well, too. What kind of style are we going to see here? What kind of style are we going to see Golden State Warrior basketball? I mean, they're they're not tricky. They're going to play how they play. Right. They're going to play really fast. They're going to try to get the ball up. Warriors did against uh, uh, Dallas. Dallas it looked like they were trying to take, to run them off the three-point line, but they gave up more layups. And you've seen uh, maybe in, in the history of, of playoff basketball. So the Warriors did a great job getting in the basket. And one thing that I do like is that those guys make extra passes. It's, it's really remarkable. Uh, two, three extra passes layup. So uh, they they really play in the right way. They're attacking. Uh, and and uh, the Boston Celtics are, believe it or not, it's hard to believe, it's hard to think about. They're a three-point shooting team, so they're, they're going to launch. They're going to launch, man, and, and they they can really score. They can really get it going. So um, it's going to be an interesting series. It's going to be interesting in the sense that who's going to make the adjustments. It's going to be interesting to think that uh, in the uh, series against Miami, the Celtics talked about we're just going to be more aggressive, and they did. They got up on them, which is it's funny because that's Miami's game is being aggressive. But they, is you know, from what I saw, they knocked them around. So I think that's going to be a factor too. And then knowing the pressure that they're going to try to bring, the officials are going to be a, a, a big part of the game to see if it's going to allow them to play like that. Uh, but it, it's it's. Uh, you're anticipating. I am, and I, I know you are. You're you're anticipating a really good series because I, I I think that both teams, and we always talked about this, who's playing best at the end of the year, and and I think that we got it. 
right now. It doesn't matter where they started. The Celtics, they had a point in time where they were playing not well, not winning games. And Golden State, in the middle of the season, had the same thing. So they've gathered themselves, and they're now playing their best basketball. So... Hopefully that's what we see. You know, I think we know we're going to get out of the Warriors, like you said. We're going to see the ball m- movement. We're going to see, uh, and they're not as reliant on the three like a lot of people think. They'll put up threes, but we've seen the Warriors be able to win without making the threes as well. Too, they're sharing the ball. Bottom line is the Warriors win if they take care of the basketball. If they're careless, they're sloppy, then you got a problem. And it'll be interesting to see that for me to, okay, you've had some time, you get some, some, some bodies rested here. Um, so I'm curious with that. And you always want to talk about the bench and, and the reserves and those guys contributing. It sure would be nice to see guys like Otto Porter. Uh, be healthy and ready to play, and Gary Payton, um, you know, the second to, to come in and be able to play as well too. And there's talk that that he's going to be ready to go. And if that's the case, then yeah, I think even more so it, advantage Warriors here. You know, you mix in the home court and everything. But you know, with Boston, Bill, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to get with Boston. They're going to chuck it up, like you said. But we've seen them. You know, go games where they're going to make five or six, and and they have you know they could get blown out. You know, they're going to play you know hard D. They're going to play tough, but I'm just wondering from an experience factor here. The Warriors have it. Boston really doesn't. So I think that's what I'm curious to see is you know how is Boston going to play there? Are they going to try to play fast like the Warriors? Are they going to try to to you know be nothing but perimeter? What? And I, and I got a feeling that their head coach doesn't really want them to play that way. And again, if I'm still not convinced that Boston can win this series and I'm not sure how many games Boston can win in this series. And we've seen them struggle Against Milwaukee, have it go seven games. We haven't saw him go seven games against Miami, so I'm not as sold on this Boston team as a lot of other people. Well, the one thing you can't compare Boston to the, the series of Warriors have with, with Dallas, and Dallas is a basically a one-dimensional team, and so they were able to just load up on one guy. Um, you can't do that. And this is what I like about Boston, is that Boston, they're scrappy, man. They're just scrappy. So they're, they're going to play every possession out. Everything they do, you do against them, is really hard. So I, I, I admire that kind of basketball. Um, and look, let's not get carried away. I mean, the Warriors go through periods where they can throw the ball in the gym. The worst period where they can't make a shot. Yeah. Huh. So, so I think right now, um, and, and I don't even care what the betting line is. To me, this this is this is a fifty fifty series. We'll just see. We'll just see who who gets to whose game, and we'll find out. We're, we're going to find out a lot tonight. We will. All right. Uh, you got a prediction for this series? Who do you think win, wins in how many games? No, I do not have a prediction for the series. Have I ever predicted a series? <sighs> Probably not. I mean, but we got to no. got to ask a question. I mean, everybody likes to predict series. And why do you act like you're immune to it? I mean, it's it's not bad vibes or anything. I mean, again, you've played in enough of these things. I think a lot of people like to to hear your insight on this. You know. Well, well, okay. Here's my insight. Who should win? 
I'm asking you. Well, you who should win. The, the Warriors should I win. Did, and I, you I, said I, that. Just, I just said it to start. Yeah, it's the Warriors. I, Warriors there should you win. go. That's who should win. Yeah. But that's not who is going to win. So the Warriors have, have um, more guys to play. And they have, they have begun a better contribution from more guys. So the Warriors should win. This game tonight is going to be a great indicator to see matchups. Uh, I, I don't even know during the season what happened in, in the matches where they played. Do you? Uh, yeah, I believe the the Warriors won both. Uh, whoever won won both, and, I, and it didn't matter because the uh, the Warriors had injuries, and I remember that, so they weren't at full strength. But uh, I, I remember looking looking at this uh, last week when they were talking about it. But I can I can give that to, exactly to you here. Uh, momentarily, but anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking for. I'll, I'll say this: that, and this is not going to be the norm. I think the Warriors win in in six, but I'm even going to say that the Warriors win in five. It wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors win in five, because that's how much I I I have confidence in them. And Boston, to me, has shown vulnerability in too many games, especially Boston showing vulnerability on their home floor. I, I, I understand, but we'll, we'll find out tonight. All right. We will find out tonight. All right, my friend. Uh, real quick take. Ace is back in action. I know you've been watching him. And the WNBA, you're, you are a big fan. Uh, g- give me give me some uh, Aces love uh, here tonight as they get ready to take on Connecticut for the second time in uh, in three nights. Aces are just they're just playing great and and you know I, I I like the fact that they do move the ball really well. They attack the car you know in transition, and I'm not even sure how they do that because a lot of times they they're getting transition attacks after they get scored on, so. But they're just attacking. They're attacking the basket. Um, they're making shots. They're just playing extraordinarily well right now. So and and they're guarding well. So it's 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 been fun to watch. I'm going to continue to watch uh, because, as you know, um, in July I plan on being out there, being with you, watching some games. So um, it's been fun. What a what a great start. Yeah. And answer to your question, uh, the team split. So Golden State won 111-107 back on December the 17th. And then on March 16th, Boston won going away 110-88. to And uh, Steph Curry uh, knocked out of that game uh, where the Warriors got blown out as uh, Marcus Smart rolled on his foot, if you remember that. So uh, that's, that's what happened with that. So, yeah, the team split during the course of the regular season. Okay, well, there you go. There you go. And again, we, as we know, right, you throw that out. Regular season means absolutely nothing here when we get to uh, the NBA Finals. No question. All right, brother, we will let you go. Uh, enjoy the game. Enjoy the festivities there uh, tonight. Uh, and we will, of course, uh, talk with you next week uh, regarding uh, these finals. we got game number one tonight, 6 o'clock tip-off. We've got to wait till Sunday for game two. We've got to wait till the following Wednesday for Game Three, when they travel back to Boston, too much time off in this series. Six o'clock tip off. Come on, what are you telling me? Yeah, 
I'm telling you, six o'clock. And that like six old, six old. Oh, it is. Uh, oh, yeah. I, th- I think it's. I think it's more like six twelve. Right, six twelve. And for me, for me, seven oh six. Uh, there you go. If you want, if you want to tune in and and hear some uh, fantastic radio calls there on the Aces, you can do that tonight. How's that? You go back and forth. You could have your TV on, uh, watching the Warriors while you have the cigar and the scotch, and then you could just uh, have your little radio on, or you know, stream it, and you can listen to uh, your favorite uh, broadcaster doing radio. How's that? I'll see what I can do. And you may even get a Sophia Loren uh, reference there during that. You never know. You're not going to get that with Mark Jackson and those Hammonagers. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that's just. Just that dumb. There you go. All right, man, go ahead. Uh, twist away. There you go. Pump it up for, for Big Bill. There you go. Look at him. He's twisting. He's shaking it up right there. I don't know if that's actually the twister part of the mashed potato. Or, I don't know. Just, it's a bad robot. I know that. <laughs> All right, my man. We'll catch you later. Adios. There it is. The seven-footer. Chubby Checker. No plural. Checker. Would you rather play chess or checkers? I'm playing checker. Yeah, you check it. Checkmate. All right. Stay in San Francisco. Chase Center. Coming up next, Jim Barnett, the former Warrior, does a great job as a Warriors TV analyst. We break it down. Continuing on NBA Finals Game 1 tonight. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. T.C. Martin. Because you are a character doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Come on out and join us tomorrow at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Inside the Sportsbook, powered by William Hill. Showtime, Sean Porter in the house. Coming by tomorrow. Talk a little boxing, but more importantly, talk a little NBA Finals as well, too. Showtime loves his basketball, even though his Cleveland Cavaliers are not involved. How's that? All right. Also, uh, tomorrow, Jay Schrader, the quarterback, in the house tomorrow. Look forward to that. Come on and see the show live 2 to 4 p.m. tomorrow. At the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. No, I'm trying to get excited. You understand that? I mean, come on. We got Cosmopolitan. We got food. We got NBA. We got WNBA tonight. I got music jamming in my ears. A little BTO. A little bit of uh, Blue Ribbon tomorrow? Uh, blue. I had Blue Ribbon last night. Oh, I, I, don't know if, blue... I don't know if I'll go back to back. You know, like that. Sometimes I need, Are you need a day off. Shh. Yeah. Shh. Secret? Shh. Yeah. Shh. I, I saw Secret last night, too. Yeah, line was going crazy. Good stuff. All right, speaking of the NBA Finals, our good friend Jim Barnett. Uh, It's all there in the Chase Center. Warriors and Celtics, it has finally arrived. Game number one tonight. Jim, are we pumped up, revved up, fired up, or what? Well, always the the playoffs, and the Warriors uh, are happy to be back after the drought that they've had, you know, the five years in a row, starting in 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, three NBA championships. They, they're on a quest to do it again. Um, it's not going to be easy, and this is not going to be a short series. Uh, I think it's going to be a very long series because both these teams uh, are excellent defensive teams. And, and it's interesting. The Warriors are so good at home. They're 9-0 and this postseason at home. But the Celtics love to play on the road. They're seven and two on the road this postseason, and only five and four at home. So uh, they're they're not afraid of anything. There's no doubt about it. 
No, you're right. And uh, we know the Warriors are, like you said, they're undefeated at home. They've been rock solid. Uh, a lot of uh, angles to this series. It's re- interesting that you're thinking that it's it's going to go uh, a ways, you know, probably maybe a six or seven game series. I think a lot of people, you know, feel that way uh, as well too, Jim. But uh, yeah, I th- we're looking forward to it. I mean, everyone's looking forward to it. Here, I w- before we start breaking down the series and the game, I want to ask you this. And you started, you know, your opening sentence there was talking about Warriors are hungry, they're back, and that great run that they've had basically since, you know, 2014, 2015. We had this conversation yesterday about is this Warriors a team? Uh, is this a dynasty. And we're talking about what really details a dynasty. And especially in sports, you know, we don't have uh, the dynasties like we had way back in the day. You remember like, you know, with the Celtics or maybe UCLA, where it was just, you know, repeated. You're, you know, Things have changed in sports, you know, with the the way the draft is, the way the salary cap is, the the expansion with so many teams and everything. But the Warriors really have been the most successful, uh, you know, or closest thing. Would you yourself, would you call this Warriors, you know, situation here from, you know, 14, 15 to where we are now, would you say the Warriors are a dynasty? I, I don't even like that word uh, okay. in, in today's NBA. In today's NBA, right. definitely uh, previous. You know, when the Celtics won the uh, eight straight titles, won ten of eleven years. That was uh, as I joined them. By the way, towards yes, the end did. of that, yes, um, it, it, it was easier then because there wasn't player movement like it is today. Uh, fewer teams, also, so you, you get some patsies who could beat up about, beat up on them all the time. Uh, it's so it's so different. But I will say. It's, it's more difficult to dominate over a period of time in today's NBA than it was then. So I'll give the Warriors, if you want to call it a dynasty, I don't know what adjective you could call it, what kind of noun it would be. Uh, I, they're just, they, you know, it, it just changes, but it's hard to determine that. I mean, I, I'm very surprised that every year at, at things that happen. I was very surprised that Dallas went on and, and beat uh, Phoenix for the uh, to go to the Western Conference Finals, that to me was a, a huge upset um, because the the uh, Suns had the best record in the league at sixty four and eighteen, and so they're just it's just very difficult to keep a a dynasty going. And so okay. I'm not going to label this team a dynasty. Uh, you know, the last time they were in the finals was 2019. They're happy to be there now. They're on a mission. Um, both teams are really good defensively. Uh, Warriors are just as good defensively as the Celtics. Not, maybe not quite as good. They've got good defensive players. You know, they rank one in, uh, you know, the Celtics are the best team in the league at defending field, you know, opponent field goal percentage, opponent three-point percentage, and the Warriors are right there also in that. They're number two at uh, field goal percentage, number three at three-point percentage. So um, it, it's uh, it, it's going to be really interesting to see who can prevail with the offense and the matchups. You know, how much it's, uh, you're going to see Marcus Smart, Defensive Player of the Year. He's, he's been on the All-NBA all defensive team, first team uh, three times. He's a heck of a defender. Uh, he bothered the one time they met this year. He bothered Curry quite a bit. So you're going to see him on Curry, and how's that going to affect uh, Stephen Curry? And is he going to come out of that and, and be better? Uh, Tatum, who's been better now in the playoffs so far than he has been in the regular season, he's a heck of a player. Um, he's going to be. I think you're going to see Andrew Wiggins, who can match his, his height and match his length. 
who's a heck of a defender, by the way. I think that's a terrific matchup. I'm, I'm looking for those matchups tonight. And I think, you know, game one is really big because if the Warriors are 9-0 and at home this season and they lose this game tonight, I don't know what message that's going to send to them. Uh, I don't know what message it's going to send to the Celtics uh, as far as any kind of uh, confidence builder, momentum, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think game one is really important this year uh, because it would be, you know, it would be significant if the Warriors lost their first home game, and that means they would lose home court advantage. They're lucky to have home court advantage. Uh, if the Celtics had beaten them uh, one game this year, they would have had the home court advantage. So it, it would have changed everything around. And so I think that's big for the, for the Warriors. You know, speaking of home court, Jim, you know, we saw, in, and you mentioned it, in, in Boston's previous series that home court really didn't mean much. Uh, on the other hand, Golden State went undefeated. Like I said, you know, nine and zero. How big is it having home court advantage for the Warriors? Because again, like you said, that well, they, they probably may not have it. A lot of people thought you know it would be Phoenix, but the Warriors do have it. And Boston really, again, has not played that well uh, uh, at home. They played better on the road. Right. But to talk about yeah. that home court advantage and that current situation where this will be the first time the Warriors have had an NBA Finals in the Chase Center. Uh, yes, and someone, I'm trying to think, it was on ESPN. These two teams met back in 64, and they were the San Francisco Warriors. Yes. So they they played Boston in San Francisco before, and this one commentator on television said, this is the first time that the uh, Warriors have played the Boston Celtics in San Francisco. You know, Well, that's not true. Remember the uh, Cow Palace, Jim. we got to remember people about the Cow Palace, right? There we go. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the Cow Palace. And the reason they called it the Cow Palace is because they had a lot of livestock. That's right. <laughs> so Rodeos galore and, and everything. And it, yep. did not smell, it didn't smell good. It right. did not smell good. Right. And it was, a, uh, it was just a haphazard arena. Yeah. Um, the, the Warriors in those days played Civic Center downtown. Right. They they played at the University of uh, San Francisco home games. Sometimes I remember when I was with the uh, Celtics playing in San Francisco, and I, I think we were at the uh, at the USF gym. Uh, so the, the War Memorial Gym. The people. Yep, War Memorial. Yeah. There you go. War Memorial. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it was different. It's a different era. So uh, you know, I, I think it's significant. With the Warriors, they do it. But I have to tell you, and and I saw it against uh, uh, Memphis. I saw it against Dallas with the Warriors, and they come out in the first quarter of games at home, and they get behind, and and they're not ready to play. I don't know what it is about it, but then they come around and they've got the best fourth quarter scoring and net efficiency than uh, you know any team in the league. And it's 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 dramatic how good they are in the fourth quarter. So we'll see if that plays out. So don't don't get surprised if the Warriors somehow start slowly tonight and uh, somehow get a wake up call, and then they'll win going away in that fourth quarter. I hope it's not the case. I hope it's the case that they are solid right from the start and can you know breeze through this. But I don't think it's going to be that easy uh, with Boston and they're and they're suffering you know suffocating defense. I should say. Because they not only have, um, uh, as I said, Marcus Smart, but they've got uh, Robert Williams, who's a heck of a defender, and if he's healthy and everything like that, and he can block some shots and cause problems for the Warriors going inside. You know that has uh, been the narrative: the Warriors' offense, uh, the best in the league against the Celtics. You know, 
arguably the, the best in the league as well, too, here. What does Boston do here, Jim, in, in your eyes, that, that can make it difficult for the Warriors? Because you would think, you know, guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, these guys have, have seen it all. I mean, they've faced good yeah. defenses before and this and that, but we continue to hear this narrative. Is that just a lot of hot air, or what is what do they do specifically that can really bother the Warriors, or is there anything? I'll tell you what can really bother the Warriors. If they can contain the Warriors in the fast-break situations and easy baskets and early offense, if they limit the Warriors in the open court and they can relegate them to playing half-court offense, it's going to be a struggle for the Warriors. Uh, If they have to come down and and play half-court offense every time down the floor, um, it's gonna. They're gonna have to work harder. They're not gonna, you know, get the open looks that they have, uh, because Curry thrives in the open court. So does Clay Thompson. He loves to take those jump shots in in the first, you know, seven, eight, nine seconds of a shot clock before everybody settled, and he can bury them. Um, but if you're playing half court, it affects uh, it affects game of uh, Stephen Curry because they can double team him a little bit. It affects Clay Thompson uh, because he's not getting open looks. And so that, that's, that's significant for me. If, if the Warriors can rebound the ball and run, they've got to rebound the ball and get out and run. And, and you'll see Draymond early tonight in the first quarter. You'll see him pushing that ball ahead, and, and the rest of the team has to come along. They've got to be ready for that uh, because they need, easy, they need easier baskets, and they are, they're much better in the open court when they can find openings like that, and that's when Curry can not only stop and shoot a three, but he can take it to the basket as well. Uh, and make it easier like that. He he doesn't. Uh, and I, I expect, by the way, Boston to shoot more threes than the Warriors. That seems to be the pattern uh, throughout this postseason for the Warriors. They don't shoot nearly as many threes, you know, like Dallas would shoot. Heck, half their shots were threes, um, and they live by the three, die by the three. That old adage. And so I would think with the, the uh, Celtics take a lot of threes. If they're hitting threes tonight, uh, and all throughout the series, if they're they're hot from three, it's going to be tough to beat them. Um, so we'll see how that plays out as well. Jim Barnett joins us, the former Warrior and the former Celtic, actually drafted by, by the Celtics way back in the day as well, too. And, of course, he's been uh, part of the, the television coverage, the analyst for the Warriors for, oh, the good part of the last 30 years. And Jim, of course, knows um, both these franchises as well and especially this current Warriors team exceptionally well. Jim, it's been five days. The Warriors have had basically five days off. Uh, we know that yeah. rest is good, especially when you're heading to a finals here, right? What is the status with the injuries to Gary Payton II, Otto Porter, and Andre Iguodala. Are we going to see, it uh, sounds like uh, Payton's going to play, but what, what's the situation with Porter and Iguodala? I think Porter's going to be okay, too. He, you know, he missed the last two games, he's, but he's expected back tonight. Uh, and I don't think they would say that if it were, you know, questionable. Um, they don't want to mislead you that way. And I'm happy, I, I can't believe that Gary Payton, uh, the second yeah. is going to be back after fracturing an elbow uh, just a few weeks ago. So, um, and he's he's an important cog because he's a heck of a defender, and people forget about him at the offensive end. I mean, he's got great hops, and he all of a sudden finds himself underneath the rim, gets a rebound, and goes up and dunks it. So um, he's an unheralded player, and but he's an important part of the piece of this puzzle. And and he started playing really well in the playoffs, uh, you know, previous to that Memphis series. And when he got hurt, so 
I think he'll be ready. I don't know about Iguodala. I, 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 it's a that's a very strange thing. He he's been out since April twenty fourth, so that's that's more than a month with a, a, some disc issue in his neck. Uh, so I, it, it's they they say he's it's it's iffy. Well. I don't count on him. I, I would just count, count on him being out right now. And you know this from, from your playing days as well, Jim. When you have guys like Peyton and Porter that were key members of uh, this Warriors team and then they haven't yep. participated in the last two series, you had other guys that have stepped up here. So how do, you, how do you rate this as far as, okay, getting these guys back in, the rust factor, but then again, you could be, you know, their minutes could be going to guys that have really stepped up and contributed big time. How, how do you think Steve Kerr handles this? Well, you know, <laughs> I just remember uh, the old adage about rookies and, you know, they played Kaminga. They've also played Moses Moody in games where it's maybe surprised people, these rookies who are, you know, 19. And I think Moody may be 20 now. I'm not sure. Yes, he is 20, I believe. Uh, just recently turned 20. So with, without experience like that, throw them out there. Um, but that's very dangerous because, uh, as Don Nelson used to say, rookies are just good enough to, to get you beaten. And so I don't, I don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, Bielitsa didn't get a lot of minutes. Uh, Damian Lee's minutes went back down uh, as well, and so they, they've got to they've got to have a bench people that, that mob that can come in there. And, and so I'm counting on Porter being healthy because uh, he, he can play defense. He, he's so good at that that aspect of the game. He doesn't take bad shots. He just plays. Doesn't make mistakes. Uh, Jordan Poole, he's got they got to keep him healthy. He's been really good. Um, you know, I, I watch him all the time. I get nervous the way he's so herky-jerky and everything, but he's pretty <laughs> doggone effective, and he can go to the basket. And he's not afraid of the moment. Um, he's not afraid of the moment at all. He's got great stats so far in these playoffs. Um, and that's another thing with, about the Warriors. When you have Thompson, Curry, and Poole shooting at 90% from the free throw line, that can be a difference maker. So that's, that's an important factor also, uh, is if they're on the free throw line, they'll, they'll win games for you. Um, but I don't know how deep this roster will go. And, and uh, you know, as it comes down, obviously, you know, seven players get most of the minutes. It's not like the regular season where you're going to see nine or ten players come in. and The rotations are always shortened uh, in, in the playoffs and particularly in the finals. Do you think Wiggins and Looney will have the success that they had uh, against Dallas in this series? Yeah, I think I think they can carry on. And, and you're right, Looney was terrific. That one particular game where he got 22 rebounds, 11 offensive. <laughs> because people forget about him too. And he's, and he's a good He's, he's a good position rebounder. He knows where to be at the right time. He reads the ball well. And Wiggins is just long and uh, really, really good. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, people talk about Wiggins and how they're going to pay him, how they, what's going to happen in the postseason or next year and all that kind of stuff. I think he's smart enough to understand this is a great place for him to be because the focus of attention goes to Curry, goes to Thompson, goes to others, and he he gets single coverage. He doesn't get double coverage anymore. And so he just sneaks in there quietly, attacks the rim, um, plays good defense, rebounds the ball. Uh, he's an important cog. And as I said, he's going to be the one I would think is going to match up against uh, Jason Tatum in this series. And and he and he knows how to stay out of foul trouble. I'm going to knock on wood saying that. Okay, right. I, I just don't I just don't remember him ever fouling out. He can play defense, and he's a smart defender. Uh, and and he and he just uh, he bothers 
he bothers shooters with that length. Although I have to say, Tatum, uh, he's had a hell of a year. Um, and, and I'm going to say, for some reason, he was never one of my favorite guys and everything. I thought he was a little overrated, but he's proven me totally wrong this year. He's been absolutely uh dominating throughout the regular season and in the postseason. His numbers are really, really good. Uh, he's shooting, heck, he's shooting from three-point range much better than he did during the, world, during the regular season this year. All right, Jim, give me a prediction. Who wins the series and how many games? I, I still believe in the Warriors. Yep. I, I really do. I just believe in their magic and their experience. Their experience right. when they've had this many this many games, which the Celtic players have not. Experience does help, and so I'm going I'm to go that way. Jim, are you going to be involved in another parade? Uh, this time, you know, downtown San Francisco, and then you know, we we've seen some characters, some uh, you know Warriors players, and uh, I just got this feeling that we're going to see these guys in a parade here in about two and a half weeks. Well, I I, I hope you're right. <laughs> I you know I believe in them. Yeah. Um, but it's it's going to be a great series, and uh, I don't know if it's going to go seven or not, but it's it's not going to be a four- or five-game series, I don't think. Okay. I think it's going to go at least six. All right, brother. Hey, appreciate the time. Uh, enjoy the festivities and the fun and everything, my friend. Really appreciate you, and, uh, and we'll try to talk with you next week during the course of the series. Yeah, thank you, TC. Thanks for having me on again. You got it, brother. Appreciate you. There he is, Jim Barnett. He's got history with both teams, the Celtics and the Warriors. He was drafted by the Celtics, and hey, no one knows the Warriors better than Jim Barnett. Uh, again, longtime TV analyst for the team. There you go, Dub Nation. There you go, little Warriors. Warriors come out to play tonight, 6-12, 6-12 p.m. There you go. This is Warriors' little entrance song, starting lineups. There you go, Nubchuck. When we come back, Scott Spritzer joins us. We handicap this series. Some baseball and a whole lot more coming your way. T.C. Martin Show on this thunderous Thursday. on the run. De-energizer. Looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance of three. Chance of three. The Martin. There was six seconds to go, and De-Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. in, in, in. Our number deuce here on this thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Check it all out, including our interview with Asia Wilson from yesterday on the homepage. Check that out, Aces Breakdown. Aces again in action tonight, Thursday night, against the Connecticut Sun. And none of the players, and named Becky Hammond, they, they don't enjoy playing the same opponent back-to-back. And they're all saying, just making the schedule here. A little craziness, but come on out to the Mandalay Bay, the Michelob Ultra Arena tonight. Another great crowd expected tonight. Come on out, check it all out. Connecticut Sun and the Aces. Tip time, Nunchuck. 704. 
I'll, I'll get you the exact to be time. determined in a minute. No, I'll, 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 yeah, yeah. I'm. I'll, I'll find out for it right now. <laughs> All right, we've got uh, Warriors and Celtics tonight. We will continue talking about that this hour as well, too. Appreciate uh, Jim Barnett and Bill Cartwright joining us last hour with that. And uh, as we continue on in hour number two, we talk to Mamiya, the handicapper extraordinaire, wearing the Doc Sports uniform. I'm not sure what his number is. I can't read it there. It is the one only Scott Spritzer. Scott, if, if Doc's had to give you a number, what would it be? Besides number one, of course. Well, number one, yeah, in everybody's hearts, right? right. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I got to go back to the old running back days and go with 33. So there you go. <laughs> really? 33. There you go. Tony Dorsett, huh? But, except you were wearing that long before Tony Dorsett, probably. Oh, heck, I was faster than Dorsett. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. All right, how excited are you for game one of the finals tonight? I'm looking forward to this. You know, I mean, the NBA has been fantastic for me this season, this postseason. And I can't wait to watch these two teams hopefully go, you know, well, as a better, I hope it doesn't last more than four games. Actually, I need it to last five games, and I'll tell you why in a second. But as a fan, it would be nice to see a back-and-forth series where, you know, teams are playing well throughout the entire four quarters or for most of it and see some close battles. I mean, if you look at the matchups on the floor, you know, this has all the promise on paper to be an excellent series from a fan standpoint. And it just has to translate onto the court now, TC. But, you know, I, I, I'm, here's what I'm going to do real quick. We can get into the whys and all that in a minute. But I'm, I took Golden State tonight, small play, laid the three and a half. I uh, got up to four outside of the state of Nevada about two hours ago and then came back down to three and a half within 20 to 30 minutes. But I did lay it with Golden State, a small play in game one. I stayed away from that total, which has skyrocketed down to 214 and a half. Um, and what I'm looking to do, hopefully, is cash that ticket tonight. As long as there's no injuries for Boston, I'm going to come back and play them for the series. And I'll get a nice, juicy price at that point if Golden State is able to win tonight. Scott, how often, if any at all, do you get involved in buying half points? Like in this situation, three and a half, if you know, like to get that number to three, but it's, you don't think it's going to go down there. Do, do you buy half points? I never do, man. It's, I mean, I did when I first started, you know, 25 years ago or whatever, before I learned, you know, that you're just killing your value. Um, you know, for instance, I'll give you a good example. You know, in this particular game, Boston and Golden State, if you look at what the West has done when they've hosted the finals, when they've been the team with the better record in the finals, they've won 13 straight. They've covered 12 of those 13. They win those games by 14 points per game. And the only game out of those 13 they didn't cover was this Golden State team a few years ago. They were laying 12, and they won by 10. So it's, it's just been a complete you know, mismatch when that Western Conference team has hosted game one in the finals. But if you look at all games, you know, whether you're talking NFL, college football, NBA, what have you, you know, when you look at the difference between the final score, the average final score of the course of the year, and the point spread, you're talking about a hefty margin. So I don't want to doink around with laying a half, I mean, buying a half point and putting what I like to call bad money where you've already put good money. And, and it's just all about averages, uh, course of the season, things like that. So no, I won't. Now what I will do is like, you know, I told myself I'll lay up to four in this particular game one battle. And I'll stick to that. I'll be extremely disciplined. I, if I, you know, didn't get four or less, I wouldn't have played the game at all. I'd rather pass than to buy that down from four and a half to four. 
Okay. Scott Spritzer uh, joins us talking NBA Finals here uh, tonight. Well, as we know, Scott, you've got, uh, you know, styles really make uh, these games. Styles make fights, as we always say, you know. Uh, when you're looking at this, this series here, wh- what do you think is the key matchup here for both sides? Marcus Smart, if he can still do what he does to Steph Curry. I mean, no player in the NBA has held Steph Curry in check when he's the closest defender to Curry than Marcus Smart. I mean, he's, Curry's made 29% of his field goal attempts in his entire career when Marcus Smart is his closest defender. So that's what it's going to come down to. Can Marcus Smart remain healthy? He's playing tonight, it looks like. Listed as probable, so I expect to see him out there. If he's able to go without being injured and play you know, real close to 100%, you know, Steph Curry's going to have to actually perform better against the Celtics when he's out there uh, than he has it, you know, for most of the time in his career. So that's the huge key matchup. Also, if Robert Williams III is able to play 90%, you know, healthy in this series, what it does for the Celtics is it gives the Warriors their first time this entire postseason when they've got to face on the defensive end a vertical lob threat. That's what Robert Williams is. So Golden State's going to have to make that adjustment into something they haven't seen so far this postseason. They did not play all that great when it came to interior defense against Dallas, and they're going to have to make those changes. So to me, for Boston to be able to win this series, those are the two biggest things. Robert Williams being healthy, he's a vertical lob threat. Warriors haven't faced it this postseason. And how healthy and uh, can Marcus Smart stay and can Steph Curry overcome that incredible individual defense that Smart plays. You know, we factor in home court, obviously. I don't think that, you know, the Warriors were hoping they would have home court during this. But, you know, when you're looking up at Phoenix, you're probably thinking, okay, well, maybe we're not going to have home court. But the Warriors do. They played fantastic uh, at the Chase Center, you know, 9-0 at home. And uh, so really advantage Warriors here. But, Scott, I look at this and I really look advantage Warriors from an experience standpoint as well, too. I mean, Boston doesn't have those veterans that, that have been here. And the Warriors have. And it's always good to lean on here. And, you know, from a other home court uh, aspect, you know, Boston has not played well at home. I mean, you know, I go back to that game number three against Miami where they just they, they got blasted. And we've seen it in other series. I they believe what they're 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 500, give or take uh, a game up or down, uh, but they're better on the road. Uh, so how much of that are you factoring in here? The experience factor, I think, really plays into game one, if I'm correct. You know, I think that's what's going to happen is Boston's going to see what their lack of experience means in game one. I think after game one, they should be fine. But you're right. I mean, if you take all the players on Golden State and combine all their individual uh, game experience in the NBA Finals, it's over 120 games. Boston, zero. Nada. Not a single uh, player has seen a single minute of NBA Finals. And I do think that that might, you know, rear its ugly head if you're a Celtics fan in tonight's Game 1 clash. I think after they get Game 1 out of the way, they're going to be fine uh, from the experience factor. doesn't mean they win this series, but I think that's behind them. Uh, you know, but as far as, like, how has Boston played at home or they've gotten blown out here or there, I mean, you know, let's not forget Golden State was down 55 to Memphis in a game, you know. So yep. it, it kind of goes both ways when you look at that. And then also, if you want to, like, talk about, okay, who's played the tougher opponents? By far, Boston. You know, they've by far played the more difficult playoff schedule. That's not Golden State's fault. Now, I don't factor that into this series because the nucleus for Golden State has been here so many times. So that just doesn't even enter my mind, but that's just throwing that out there for a little, you know, additional talk. Um, But I agree with you tonight. You know, one of the reasons I did play Golden State was I think this is where 
the experience. Game one of the NBA Finals comes into play more than any other game, if I'm right, throughout the series. Yeah, and uh, also, it seems like a a trend is, and I don't have the numbers that that back this, but it just seems that you come off a a series where a team goes seven games and it's very emotional and they don't have a whole bunch of rest, usually they fall a little bit flat in in a game one, especially on the road. And again, uh, we've we've seen that in time and time again. I think this kind of fits into that scenario as well too, right? Yeah, that's part of my handicap too, was, you know, Boston's come in off some intense battles uh, in the last couple of series. And, you know, if you look at what happened in the last series, they, they had to, you know, stave off elimination. They're on the road, which they were able to do so. But if you look at this team also, this playoffs so far, this postseason, uh, they are a lucky game one win against Brooklyn at home in Boston for being 0-3 in game one, game, game ones of the NBA postseason thus far. Uh, so they're that close to being 0-3. You remember what happened in that game. They were extremely fortunate to win game one at home over Brooklyn. They lost the other two opening games of the series and their other two series. Well, meanwhile, Golden State has been here so often between Kerr, some of his staff, obviously the nucleus, the best players on the team, that they're just ready to go. I mean, they're shot out of a cannon in game one. And what we've seen out of Golden State so far in their game one matchup so far this postseason has been pretty phenomenal. I mean, they've really blown teams off the court. They won 112 to 87, 142 to 112, 123 to 107. That home opener in that 142 to 112 game was game three of the series, but it was the first game at home. So they're three and zero in their initial home games in playoff series thus far, and that's when we've seen Golden State at their extreme very best. Flip side for the Celtics, they've struggled in game one. You got it. Scott Spritzer joins us. Scott, we talked a lot about game one, but are you going to have a series bet, or do you have a series bet? I don't yet. I'm going to wait and see if I get this ticket tonight to cash on Golden State. Even if they win, if I don't cash the ticket, even if they only win by a point, uh, I will play Boston in the series. It's not going to be huge, but I'll get a juicy underdog price to win the series if they're down one nothing. So that's what I'm waiting to do is if I get a win out of Golden State tonight, even by one point, I will play Boston to win the series with a nice underdog price. So what's the, is that just from a value standpoint you're saying? Or do you, I mean, it sounds like you actually think that Boston is going to win the series. If that's the case, what, what leads you to believe that? Yeah, I have them power rated a little bit above Golden State talking about Boston and, you know, going into the postseason, you know, there's a couple of things that you have to, at least I use when it comes to qualifying to win an NBA Finals. And two of those things out of about six steps that I use are efficiency stats. There were only two teams that were in the top five this year in offensive and defensive efficiency. Uh, the only one that remains in the postseason is Boston. The other one was the Phoenix Suns. So you're looking to win NBA Finals to win the, the entire ball of wax. First of all, I always start with I want two teams, I mean, excuse me, I want a team that is in the top 10 in NBA efficiency on both offensive and defensive end of the floor, and Boston's the only team that fits the top five of these two teams, even though Golden State is number one in defensive efficiency. So those are two of the things that I look to qualify, and because of the way Boston played second half of the season and being in the top five at both ends of the floor, it just power rates them as a little bit better than Golden State. And again, then when you get to the matchups and all that kind of stuff, and I start looking at you know what Boston can offer Golden State with Boston's size, if they're healthy, if Williams the third stays healthy, for instance, I think it's too much for Golden State to overcome. Having said that, it's a small play in the series. Am I going to be shocked if the Warriors win another NBA title? Absolutely not. 
But I really do think that if Boston stays healthy, they do win the series. And again, it has a lot to do with those efficiency numbers. 214 is the total here tonight. And again, you got teams that are not real familiar with each other. I mean, they haven't played each other uh, for you know nearly what with three months or so. And again, uh, Steph Curry got injured in that in that second game against Boston. Again, this is not like you're playing uh, you know division opponents or even conference opponents here. So I think a lot of people believe okay, game will maybe start out a little bit slow. Maybe we'll have like a 23-21 first quarter, something like that. Uh, give me some thoughts when you look at this total for game one at two fourteen. Yeah, it's kind of shot up. I mean, I saw as low as 211. I saw 210 and a half when this line first opened, in fact. Uh, and it was outside of Nevada. I think I saw one here, one or two here in, in Las Vegas, where I saw a 210 and a half. And it was an hour later at 211. So now it's, as you said, all the way up to 214. There are some books that have gone to 214 and a half. So I, I got to tell you, and, and when it comes to game one of an NBA Finals, I just absolutely pass the total TC. Right. Unless I see something that really gives me, uh, I think, an advantage, which would be like, you know, do I want to play the under? Well, yeah, you know, maybe if I jump on it because you just heard, you know, Steph Curry's going to miss a game and you get into it before the total is adjusted, right before, something like that. But that's what it would take for me to get involved in a game one of the NBA Finals when it comes to the total. In fact, in any postseason game one in the NBA, I just don't like playing the totals until I see – the flow of the game. And I don't even know if we're going to see the flow of the series in the flow of the first half of this one because Boston's going to come out and have to make their adjustments if they're down and if the lack of experience hurts them like I think it will tonight in the first half. Right. All right, let's talk about some props here. And obviously the whole talk about this entire season, specifically postseason, is the three-point shot. We've seen so many blowouts you know, especially in the conference finals where we saw one competitive game, and that was the game seven against Miami in uh, Boston and Miami. And you can almost make the argument that game really, I mean, it came down, I guess, towards the end where Miami made a little run. But for the most part, Boston was in firm control, really, of that entire game here. But it's come down to three-point uh, shooting, Scott. You know, you're making your threes, you're, you're, you're going to blow up the opponent. And if you're shooting, you know, below 30%, like we've seen so many teams, you're going to get blown out. Uh, is there is there a three point prop, and I'm sure there is, uh, either for for made threes or threes attempted in each one of these games? Yeah, there are TC, but you know, just to be candid with you, I, I haven't looked, you know, for any of that. Um, I'm I'm pretty set. This is going to sound, you know, just I guess I'm just telling you the way it is for me in Game One of a, of a Finals. I just don't get involved with any of that. I got to mm-hmm. see what's going on. Because especially when you've got a big experience you know, factor like we do in this particular series, we aren't sure how Boston is going to be affected, if they're affected at all, by the lack of experience in playing in, a, in an NBA Finals. So I have to toss all that out of the mix for me. And I know they're out there. And you're right. You know, Boston, for instance, I think Miami in that last game went 6 of 30 from the three-point line. But when they beat Boston, they're hitting you know, 38 40% of their threes. It came down to that. So... But for me, again, in game one, you know, as I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, I would be more inclined to play them to, you know, go over certain totals when it comes to three-point shooting than under because, again, it's game one and we'll see how Boston does. And I hate to keep going back to that, but I'm just telling you, no, you know, my honest yeah. feeling about game one. I, I play sides. I don't play anything else in game one. No, yeah, again, and uh, I agree with you. I, I don't really get involved really in, in props ever for the most part, you know, except, except I know you play them with Super Bowl and I'll take a look at those Super Bowl 
full props, but for the most part, I don't. But it, obviously, we know that our listeners, it's and for betters around town, especially a lot of casual betters, you know, they they're intrigued by this. Uh, you know, well, you yeah, know, certain and, props. And, yeah. And you know what, TC? Just talking about props. I, I was doing a show earlier today, and they they were kind of asking about you know props and do you do you bet props and all that. And you know, I, I kind of made a point, and the host was like, you know, a good point. And I go, you know, once it's regulated, I'll look more into doing it. And the reason I say that, well, for betting purposes, I can bet you know any prop that I can find, you know, in the state of Nevada. So that's fine. But I've got a lot of clients, and if I start telling them, you know, hey, let's jump on Draymond Green over a certain number of points, rebounds, and assists combined. You know, they, good chance they're not going to find it if they're outside of the state of Nevada. Right. They're going to have to, right. you know, lay an extra half a point or, or maybe lay a little bit more of the price. Maybe it's minus a buck 30 that I lay, and maybe they got to lay a buck 55 wherever they happen to be in their legal books. So it's a situation where until it's regulated, you know, it's really tough as a handicapper with clients to be able to say bet this prop, that prop, or whatever. When it comes to March Madness, when it comes to the Super Bowl, the World Series, then everybody kind of falls in line as far as the books are concerned for the most part. But, you know, I, I, I probably play in the course of a regular season week in the NBA, so seven days, maybe five props total the entire week. And, again, I don't tell clients to jump on that because they're going to find numbers that aren't close to mine in a lot of instances. And I'm real particular and real disciplined. I like play, you know, number one at this price, and I won't go over it. Like I just said, Golden State four or less, I will not buy half a point to get it back down to four if it's four and a half. And I'm that way with props. So it becomes kind of a situation where it gets a little bit, you know, kind of crazy until they regulate this stuff. And I don't know that they ever will, but I'd love to see a board of props that are, you know, basically the same at no matter what book you go to, maybe just off by a few cents when it comes to the money line. That is why he has a D on his wall for discipline. The disciplined Scott Spritzer. And that's why he's been doing it successfully for so long. You're right, my friend. I thought for sure that you would have some action here. And I'm going to ask you to play bookmaker here, Scott, okay? What is the the line for Draymond Green technical fouls during this series? <laughs> okay, you talking the first shot clock of the game or you talking for the entire series? <laughs> entire series. There you go, man. What would you make this? Let's go. Let's have some fun with Oh, my gosh. What? i got to go minus 11.50 at least. Really? Okay. No, no. I'm talking about the number of technical fouls. Oh, number. The number of technical fouls Draymond Green would get in this series. Now, obviously, it could, you know, it's, it's hard because it could have a four, five, six, or seven-game series. We don't right. know. But just to have some fun here, if, if you had to put a line on this, what would it be? I'm going to say two and a half. Two, you know, I was going to say that, too. And I bet you take I get a lot of people to take the over to that. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame them. I mean, you know, like I said, I mean, you, you know, I thought you were asking, will there be a technical foul? And I was like, you know, well, oh. maybe in the first shot clock. Yeah, yeah, right, right. That's off the you board. <laughs> that, that should be off the board. Like you said, minus 1150. You're right. But, yeah, two and a half. I'd set it at two and a half and uh, probably make it uh, – you know, I'd probably make the public – I uh, have to lay a buck twenty on the over because I think that's where they'd be looking to go. Speaking of which, uh, talking about the series price, uh, give it, give us the uh, the ballpark series price what it is uh, right now for this series. As well, we're looking at uh, Golden State anywhere from a. I've seen a low of a buck forty five, and I see a high of a buck fifty five as the favorite. Uh, the comeback on Boston is anywhere from a dollar twenty one at one book all the way up to a dollar thirty five as far as an underdog is concerned. And that's come down a little bit as far as, you know, like Golden State being a series favorite. I'm clicking on one on my line service as I speak here in town. They had Golden State, let's see, two days ago, three days ago, 
at minus a dollar sixty-five. They're all the way down to a buck forty as we speak. So we're seeing series price action coming in on the Boston Celtics. You know, before Game One. So you mentioned that if the Warriors do win Game One, you'd you'd win your bet tonight uh, as long as they cover the three and a half. But then you'd be very interested in, in taking Boston for the series price. What about the flip side of that, Scott? If Boston won tonight. Would you find yourself betting Golden State in a series uh, price here? Um, and would you see some value in that? I would pass the series at that point and just look to play Golden State in game two. Mm-hmm. And then it would become that. It would become just a betting the individual games right. on that kind of a basis. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if Boston wins tonight, uh, I would definitely just not bet, not bet the series after that and just start betting individual games. And, and again, I'd, I'd be on Golden State, you know, unless – Unless you saw, well, even if you saw a dominant performance out of Boston, I'd still be on the Warriors next time out. I'll tell you, one of the things I'm looking to do, by the way, is uh, let's say the Warriors win the first two games of this series. Uh, you'll see me on Boston in game three. Now, obviously, uh, my series price that I would get after losing game one ain't going to look too good if they lose the first two games. I'm not going to be in a, in a very good mood with the series price, but I think I can come back in Boston in game three and jump on them if they're down 2 nothing in the series. I don't think either one of these teams, especially Boston, because they're starting on the road, but I don't even think Golden State's going to start by reeling off three straight wins. Scott, I don't know if you've uh, you know got time. You want to jump on that jet or whatever? But I've got my ticket broker here on the other line. Would you like to go to the game tonight? Oh sure, what the heck? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so I can I can get you a, a VIP courtside at the Chase Center tonight, Scott. Uh, you can sit in row double A for thirty six thousand dollars. Would you like to go do that? If you're loaning the money, I'm there, man. <laughs> You know, do I get to sit by Big Bill or, you know, Rick Barry or Al Adels or anybody like that? You know what I mean? <laughs> 36 grand. I mean, there you go. What, what have we come to now, right? 36 oh, grand crazy. for for a a 48-minute basketball game. TC, <laughs> it's like seat snobs like us. We end up staying at home and watching on TV or in a book. That's true. You know, because, you know, you can't. I don't want to sit in the rafters yep. for any game. Exactly. And so, you know, and at the same time, I'm not going to plunk out, you know, 20 to 30 grand to sit you know, center court or whatever. I mean, there's minor league baseball games. you got to pay 50 bucks to sit by the field nowadays. Can you believe that? <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, wait a minute, Scott. Uh, Numbchuck has some breaking news, and he, okay. said, he said specifically this is for Scott Spritzer. The breaking news, and I know you follow this stuff, Scott, so you, we might not be breaking any news here, but here we go. Uh, we have a new movie that is coming out, and I don't know if you're much into to the Top Gun or not, but this is right up your alley, according to Numbchuck. Beavis and Butthead return in first trailer for new movie. <laughs> I haven't seen the first movie, so I don't know. <laughs> first time in 25 years, Beavis and Butthead are back with a new movie. In their first film they did in America, this time their target is nothing less than the entire universe. I, I will go see it on one condition. <laughs> What's that? That the dude with the blonde hair, which I think is Beavis, is allowed to say fire again. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> if he's allowed to say fire, I might go. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Beavis and Butthead is such a distinct memory for me, and I'm just having a flashback. Here we go. I was never fire, home. Fire, fire, fire. There we go. <laughs> I remember when they banned. Remember that? They banned on the cartoon from being able to say that word. Why? Why was that? I don't know what was going on back then. I don't remember. I was, you know, usually out on the strip or whatever, so I didn't see too much TV back then. But uh, I do remember when they had to ban the word fire after, like, the first season or two. 
So that's that's my biggest memory for Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> I don't. I, I understand. Uh, you're not supposed to say fire in a movie theater. What, what, Nubchuck, what's the deal with that? I believe it was because of Columbine, because it was right around that same time. Really? Yeah. So it was like I think it was like getting people. Wow. Yeah. Okay. There you go, Beavis. I, I know you're a big fan, Scott. So there you go. There you have it. Absolutely. You know, you stopped me. I haven't even seen the first movie, so I don't know, man. Yeah, I, yeah, makes make, makes two of us here. But we know that you saw the original Top Gun. We know that, right? Oh, that was one of the best. And yes, I will be there again, no doubt about it. You, I got two movies I got to see this summer. There's that one. There's that Elvis flick coming out. I got to see those two, and then I'm set. Okay, good deal. All right, real quick, uh, let's hit some baseball here. I know baseball's been treating you pretty good as well, too. Um, let's Any action here? We know we have a lot of afternoon games here tonight, but uh, any nighttime action tonight? Can the Dodgers get the job done finally, Scott? I mean, this has been uh, hilarious. I was talking to another better last night. We were texting back and forth with the Pirates taking them out again. And I said, watch, the Dodgers will come out and sweep the Mets now after, you know, getting punked by the Pittsburgh Pirates of all teams. But, um, but no, I, I didn't play any day games today, but I, I jumped on the Atlanta Braves. And uh, Acuna is going to play tonight, by the way. It was updated about mm-hmm. maybe an hour and a half ago, and they announced that he's going to play. And laying a little bit more than I normally do, it's anywhere from a buck 43 to a buck 55. Uh, but I like the Braves there. I mean, if you look at the game yesterday, they finally played. They had a little bit of a stumbling block. They played a complete game yesterday. They got the shutout win, staved off the sweep in Arizona. And now against Colorado, when you look at the Rockies, you know, last season and the first month of this season, I played the Rockies a lot at home. But, <clears throat> excuse me, the last few weeks, you know, they're under 500 uh, at Coors Field, so they've dropped off a little bit on their home turf. And then when you look at Gomber, his last four starts, 822 ERA, buck 57 whip, uh, a strikeout to walk ratio uh, that you would beat TC if you decided to take the mound tonight. And he's averaging less than five innings pitch per start. So jumped on Anderson, who's been great on the road for Atlanta. And I also jumped on the Baltimore Orioles tonight. Wow. Uh, gonna, I like Lyles. Seattle can't do anything except try to hit home runs. And Lyles has 25-plus innings under his belt at home this year, has yet to allow a home run. Flexen's been a mess. Maybe he comes yep. back tonight, but he's been a mess on the road. Yeah, it's funny you, know, you talk about the Dodgers and the Mets. I said that on my MLB show earlier this morning that uh, I, I I think that that's what's going to happen with the Dodgers. I think they're going to show up uh, tonight and and maybe you know like I said even sweep the series against the Mets uh, after that dismal performance. But again, I mean you, you never know what you're going to get with Dave Roberts. You never know what you're going to get with this pitching staff, especially this bullpen. Continue to blow up here, but I I've just got to have some faith that the Dodger offense is going to bounce back to uh, tonight. And uh, you know I, I got a 160 earlier, uh, Scott. You know with this, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking okay, there's there's uh, maybe. A a little bit of value here with the Dodgers uh, against the Mets, but uh, yeah, I mean, the way the Pirates played the Dodgers, uh, they beat them five out of six games, and every one of those games, I mean, the, the three that uh, they beat uh, Pittsburgh about a week and a half ago, and then these past three games at Chavez Ravine, Dodgers were, uh, rather, the uh, Pirates were all plus $2 at least in every one of these games, and we even saw plus 275 a couple nights ago. I think we saw 350 a couple of days ago, too. You yeah, know? as a favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's oh, – I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, you were talking the underdog price. Right, but, yeah, right. Dodgers as a favorite, like 350. Correct. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to bet against them tonight. You know, it's funny because 
I was watching the game a little bit last night, and you know, even the Dodger announcers were talking about it. You know, the Pirates are playing like that's their World Series. They're not going anywhere this year. They're playing the Dodgers like it's their World Series battle. It's the feather in the cap, and the Dodgers are just going through it as, you know, okay, we got the Mets coming up next. You know, it's like it's such a different approach. And I'm not saying the Dodgers laid down; they certainly did it. Didn't. But you did get extra motivation out of the Bucks to go into Dodger Stadium and play well. But, yeah, the Mets have – you know what the Mets have been great at, and they've made me a lot of money, TC, this year? First five inning bets when they're at home, I think the record – got to update it, but I think the record's now like 16 wins, two losses, and four or five pushes when they're at home in the first five innings. And that's what I've been doing with the Mets. I've just been playing them first five innings. You know, first thing I do is I say, okay, they're great at home in the first five innings. Then I make sure I don't got a crazy pitching matchup, something happened to a starter, and then I start jumping into it and playing it. And they've been cleaning up this year. We'll see if that remains once they do return home. But it would be Dodgers or nothing for me tonight, TC, so I like your side. Yeah, and then, you know, just to add to that, I mean, the Mets are coming off of beating two of the worst teams in the National League in Washington and Philadelphia. Both those teams are just are awful, and they've both been uh, you know, slumping backwards here. And here's the thing, too. I'm not a big Tony Gonsolin fan because, like I said, Robert says not know how to use this guy. Sometimes he uses him in real relief. He'll use him as an opener. And then now he's actually started to commit to using him as a starter. And Gonsolin's actually been good. I mean, in his uh, last three starts, he's gone at least six innings. He hasn't given up more than two runs in any start this year. Heck, the Dodgers did have 12 hits last night against the Pirates. So, yeah, I think it's right. a it's a bust-out you know, you know, game for the Dodgers. I'm hoping so. And I don't know about you, Scott, but anytime I can go against Taiwan Walker, I'm all over mm-hmm. it. I never cared for the guy when he was in Seattle, and I don't care for him uh, with the Mets as well either. No, I get that. I get that feeling about Taiwan Walker. And as far as Dave Roberts, you know, he's like he's a great players coach. I think. I mean, I you know I can see where guys really want to play for Roberts. I like the way he handles young players if they're struggling a little bit. The way he talks to them in the dugout. We've seen that a couple of times this year. You know, with a couple of young pitchers who would, you know, maybe get an inning or two for the Dodgers and struggle a little bit, find some success. And he immediately goes over to him in the dugout and starts, starts talking to him. And it's a very uh, decent, laid-back kind of teaching moment. And I've kind of noticed that out of Roberts the last couple of years. I always thought, I never played major or minor league baseball, as you know, uh, but I always thought that the coach or the manager that I could play for at any level in any sport would be Tommy Lasorda. And I felt that way ever since I met him at one of those big league weekends when I was on the field uh, doing some reports for one of the local stations here in Las Vegas like 20 years ago, like, you know, 2004 or something. Or no, late 90s. And, and I always thought there's a guy I could play for, and I feel the same way out of Dave Roberts, but I don't agree with everything Dave Roberts does when it comes to managing his pitchers, his players, when he pulls guys, when he puts them in. But you got to give him credit. I know that I know that roster is just talented, top to bottom. But he's pulled, you know, the right levers for the most part with his Dodger team. Right, and uh, the other team in LA. I mean, they are really going oh. backwards. Otani loses again. That's two starts in a row. Otani has been awful. Scott, uh, give me a quick take uh, on the Angels here. It's just so funny because you know, hearing people like three, four weeks ago thinking, "Oh yeah, you know, they're they're going to overtake the Astros and they're going to win the AL West." Well, well, guess what? Here we are. Uh, the calendar flips to June, and it's the same old Angels all over again. Well, I, I agree and I disagree because they're not, you know, they're not where they think they were, you know, a couple weeks ago. Right. Obviously, they've had a lot of injuries to the lineup. You had Ward who was out for a bunch of games, and now you, you know, you've got uh, uh, Rendon who's been out. So it really changes the lineup where it matters the most at the top, and they've had to finagle a lineup. 
quite a bit over the past, well, since that start of that Toronto series, which was where everything started to fall apart. They lost four straight at home to the Jays. But it's the same old, thing, same old, same old in the fact that it's the bullpen. The bullpen stinks. Uh, as far as Otani, you know, I was telling a couple of the guys earlier today, went back and looked at how he does on six days rest. Do you know his ERA is around six on six days rest? When he's pitching on five days rest, his ERA is under three. And, you know, I heard a great analysis by Gubiza talking about pitching outside of your normal days off. And he always talked about when he had an extra day rest and then started, he goes, I felt so darn strong on the mound. He goes, I lost concentration. And he goes, I was so strong on the mound that extra day off, my pitches were, would flatten out. And we're seeing the same thing out of Otani. He pitches on five days rest. You don't want to go against him. He pitches on six days rest and, you know, go against him. I mean, he's, you know, he's not pitching well. And so I think it has something to do with that when it comes to him individually. Uh, but listen, as an Angels fan who wasn't involved monetarily on today's games, man, I'm like, pray for rain to continue and no, don't play <laughs> right. that second game today. Uh, they're so messed up right now. And again, combination of a bad bullpen and a lot of injuries to that lineup of late. And the Angels now have lost seven in a row, 11 of their last 14, Scott. Every team is going to go through that, obviously. But the Angels have a history of lasting a long time when they get into a funk, and that's the reason we're talking about it. So, you know, the lineup, when they're healthy, they're going to, you know, they were putting up more runs than anybody, you know, while the Astros were, you know, barely getting out of the batter's box for a month, you know. So each team is going to have their ups and downs. I don't think the Angels are going to win the division. I'm not saying something like that, but they'll be better than they've been the last couple of years. If the bullpen gets better, they, you know, the bullpen stinks on ice. And if you don't have a bullpen in a, in a time of Major League Baseball when your guys, your starters are only pitching five innings, you know, wait till next year becomes the chant, right? So, yeah, it's a shame. The bullpen still stinks. They haven't shored up the problems of the pen. You know, Detmers, when he threw that no-hitter, I was texting back and forth with a couple of betters, and I was saying, TC, we're going against this guy next time out. He had, I think two strikeouts in his no-hitter over nine yes, innings. correct. Which means he was getting that ball in play 25 of, you know, 27 outs or whatever it was, and his BABIP showed it was all, I mean, okay, he had good control, but it was luck. You know, guys were hitting the ball to individual defenders. You only have one or two strikeouts in a nine-inning game. That means you're putting the ball in play all the time, and if you shut a team down or no-hit somebody, I'm going to go against you next time out. Well, Scott, uh, we throw questions or statements out there. We get answers, as you well know, on the T.C. Martin Show. And here we have it. In Moraine, Ohio, October 6, 1993, five-year-old Austin Messner set fire to his mother's mobile home with a cigarette lighter, killing his two-year-old sister, Jessica. Sad news. The mother later claimed that her son watched one of the fire-related segments shortly before he burned down the home. However, neighbors claimed that the family didn't even have cable television and was unable to view the show. In response to the allegation, MTV removed all references to fire from subsequent Beavis and Butthead episodes. Well, you know what? That's a tragedy, obviously. It's not fun to make fun of, but I'm going to tell you right now, if you let your five-year-old watch Beavis and Butthead, it's kind of on you a little bit, too. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I'll give you an example. I told you I didn't watch a lot of TV in the 90s. I had heard about this show called South Park, all right? We all know that now, what that show is. And so it's like 96 or 97, 
and I'm, I've, I've got, I'm watching my niece, who at the time was about 10 years old, and she's telling me about everybody at school talking about the show South Park. I've got to watch it, right? I'm like, never heard of it. Sure. You know, I heard of it, but I didn't know anything about it. And it had been on for a couple of seasons or whatever, so it's late 90s, maybe 98, 99. I flip on the TV, and I'm going to say two minutes into it, she looks at me and she goes, yeah, I know, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and, I, and she knew what I was going to say. Right. You know, I was a wild man in the 90s, but I wasn't going to let some 9 or 10-year-old or whatever she happened to be at the time watch South Park. And, and I just don't get it when people let their kids plant themselves in front of the TV and let things like that happen, and now I'm going to get off my soapbox. There you go. They, sh- they should be out partying like with Scott Spicer with the coasters. Uh, that's what you should be doing. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. Uh, appreciate it as always. Go check Scott out. He's a great follow on Twitter, of course, at Scott Wins. And at DocSports.com, subscribe to Scott's Picks. All right, we're rooting for the Warriors tonight. We're both on that, my friend. Uh, let's do it, and hopefully we get a an entertaining series. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to hide anything. I am rooting for the Warriors. I like the Warriors. I love watching this team. And uh, I have no problem saying I want to see Steph and Clay and even Draymond Green uh, get another ring. So there you go. I, I can understand a Sacramento boy rooting for a real NBA team since there's not one yet in Sacramento. I get it. That's it. It's, only, it's only been 16 years, Scott. I mean, exactly. No, no question. And you got to remember, I was a Warriors fan before I was actually a Kings fan because I was back there before the Kings. You know, the Kings were still in Kansas City when I was a kid. You know, and we used sure. to go. That was go my team. Oh uh, uh, yeah, we used to go. To, that's you're you're right. Your team. There you go. Uh, but. The thing is, man, those were some fun times going to watch those old Warrior teams way back in the day. I'm telling you, the old Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena. I'm telling you. My friend, I was an Al Adels fan. So yes. I was a, you know, it's funny. I was such a California fan, whether it be pro or college teams, and I'll make it quick. But I used to go to, when they called them this, the Kansas City Omaha Kings. And they actually were called that for about three or four seasons. They'd play maybe eight home games in Omaha every year. And I was thoroughly depressed as a young man when they said they're pulling up, you know, stakes and moving to Sacramento. And I have not been a fan ever since because of that. I understand. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. KCO. I, I remember that very yep. well. Oh, and just for the record too, Scott, when I was going to those uh, warrior games, they were actually drawn slightly more than the 4,000 fans that the A's, their next door neighbor uh, is drawing right now. <laughs> Are they up to 4,000 in Oakland? <laughs> uh, I, I don't, you know, the attendance yesterday against the Astros was four, but I had a hard time finding more than 100 when I was watching that game on TV. Or, you know? They were counting all the rats in the, in, underneath the bleachers, I think. Ooh, so. <laughs> ooh, sewer rats at that. All right, brother. Be good, man. Enjoy the game tonight and, uh, and, and continue uh, rooting on the Aces, Scott, and, and betting on the oh, Aces yeah. as well, too. There you go. Best team, I think, in the league, and I will. And go cash your Dodgers ticket. I'll be watching for you. Oh, I appreciate that. I hope, hopefully I am going to the cashier. Thanks, man. Take care, man. Thanks. There, there he is. Scott Spritzer uh, joined us uh, talking a lot of NBA, Major League Baseball for you here today. All right. Uh, we come back. Uh, we'll hit a little bit more. We'll kind of wrap everything up here for you tonight, too. And get, get ready for game number one tonight between the Celtics and the Warriors. And also Aces and the Sun at the Michelob Ultra Arena. Tip off, Numchuck. 706. This is five-time NBA champion Bill Cartwright. When I'm in town, I always listen to T.C. Martin. You should, too. I think it's about time to see Roll Bounce, the movie, again. It's about time. See, when I hear this, gets my roller skating groove on. Oh, what a classic movie. A little Bow Wow. Numbchuck, have you seen a little Bow Wow, what he looks like these days? I haven't seen him, but people have told me 
Doesn't even look like the same guy. What is he about? 250 pounds right now? What is he? I think he's about 85 in Roll Bounce. Uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of the great roller skating movies of all time. But then there's not like a lot of roller skating movies over there. <laughs> Don't forget, we'll be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas tomorrow. Come on out, see the show live. Showtime, Sean Porter in the house. Showtime, always, always love seeing him. And uh, you know, Showtime's a big basketball fan too, even though his Cleveland Cavaliers are not playing. I'll have to remind him about that, of course. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see who Showtime's got. Who do you think Showtime is? He's got Boston or he's got Golden State? I don't know. That's We'll get into that with him tomorrow. And uh, yes, and uh, we'll talk about uh, some upcoming boxing news as well, too. Jay Schrader will be joining us, the quarterback. And Jay's got his golf tournament uh, coming up here next weekend. So looking forward uh, to that. Go uh, check that out. Jay Schrader. It's a, a great, great uh, ranch that he has out there. And again, serving veterans uh, with uh, with disabilities. Uh, you know, bringing them back into society and their way of life, um, trains Mustangs to help veterans uh, at his ranch uh, here in Las Vegas. So, and Jay Schrader is going to be at the game tonight. Yeah, he's going to come on out and check out the Las Vegas Aces tonight. The Michelob Ultra Arena, Mandalay Bay. The Aces taking on the Connecticut Sun, and uh, we look forward to that uh, tonight. Uh, another big game. So the Aces played the Connecticut Sun on Tuesday night. Aces put together a very strong second and third quarter. They led by as many as 20 points in that game. They actually held on to end up winning by eight. And again, to improve to nine in one. That is their record right now. The best record in the WNBA. And I said it yesterday. I'm going to say it again. Get on out and go see the Aces game. Alright? You've got some great action. Tonight's going to be a great game. Tickets very affordable. Access.com. That's AXS.com. And then Sunday, a 3 o'clock day game on Sunday afternoon against the Dallas Wings. And then the Aces will go on the road for a little bit. So uh, got a couple opportunities to check them out at home. Uh, quality basketball, fantastic. You got a winning team. Best record in the WNBA going against uh, an arch rival or nemesis tonight in the Connecticut Sun who uh, had the second best record in the WNBA until they got beat by the Aces on Tuesday night. So the Sun comes in at 6-3, uh, and three, but the Aces undefeated at home at 7-0, and oh, uh, rather 6-0, and oh, and with a seven-game win streak going on right now tonight. So, again, come on out uh, and, and see the product live. If not, you can join me via the radio down the dial. All right, so uh, that is happening uh, tonight. Check that out uh, as well. Speaking of Aces news, uh, congratulations goes out to Becky Hammond. She is named the WNBA Coach of the Month. And also, Becky Hammond has the best coaching record in the history of the WNBA after 10 games. Uh, Nine wins, one loss. No coach has ever done that. And, of course, she is a first-year head coach being paid handsomely by Mark Davis, but uh, definitely a big difference maker for the Aces in their success. And congratulations to Asia Wilson, which we mentioned yesterday, the player of the month yesterday. And our interview is up on the uh, website at tcmartinshow.com from yesterday, so you can go and listen to that when you get a chance. But uh, Aces playing some fantastic basketball. And kudos again to Alan Snell, wrote a great piece in uh, LV Sports Biz, where he... uh, 
talked to myself along with Mark Davis um, and uh, talking about the WNBA product, talking about uh, the attendance and how to get uh, more fans uh, out to the games and enjoy there uh, with that. And, you know, like I said, once you've experienced uh, this product, you know, and, and you've hurt so many people on this show that's a, that have been out there were maybe hesitant, you know, to go out there in years past or even, you know, now. Um, hey, once you experience it, 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 it's a great atmosphere. And again, the celebrities that come out as well, too. Tom Brady was there on Tuesday night. Of course, Coolio uh, performed. Uh, Blue Man Group was performing a couple games ago. And uh, there you have it. So uh, get out there and check it out. And it's a great venue, too. Not a bad seat at the Michelob Ultra Arena. And tickets uh, very, very affordable um, as well, too. All right, so we mentioned we'll be at the Cosmopolitan tomorrow. Come on out, see the show live tomorrow. Jay Schrader, Showtime Sean Porter, myself, uh, and we'll be covering, of course, uh, recapping game number one of the NBA Finals that uh, happens tonight between the Warriors and the Celtics. Looking forward to this. And really, this is the best matchup that we could possibly get for this NBA Finals. And even though Miami was a number one seed, Phoenix Suns were a number one seed. They couldn't withstand it, and Phoenix couldn't get out uh, of the semifinals by losing to the Dallas Mavericks in embarrassing fashion. You know, losing, you know, games six, six and seven, losing by twenty points, and losing by thirty points. You know, uh, yeah, the Warriors are the best team in the West, and the Warriors are the most enjoyable team to watch. Anytime you have Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, say what you want, whether you don't like Draymond Green or not, but a fierce defender. And uh, the Warriors are getting contributions from up and down their roster. Yeah, I like the Warriors. I think the Warriors are going to win this series. And it would not surprise me if the Warriors win this this thing in five games. You know, maybe six games max. Don't see it going seven. But, you know, I won't complain if it does. That'd be fine. Because the more basketball, the more meaningful basketball that we could get, you know, right now in the month of June, I'm all for that. Because this is why we watch the regular season. This is why we watch the early rounds of the playoffs to watch the NBA Finals and to see the top two teams. Boston, best of the East, even though they weren't the number one seed, the Miami Heat were, but they took care of business. They beat Milwaukee, the defending champs, and then they beat Miami, the number one seed. So Boston, deservedly, uh, they deservedly so to be there. No question about it. And the Warriors, they, we know we're going to get with the Warriors, and good for Clay Thompson, for him to come back after those two horrific injuries where he missed the better part of the last two years. So glad to see Clay back. So yeah, they'll tip it off uh, at uh, a little little bit after 6 o'clock on ABC tonight. All right, locally Channel 13 here in Las Vegas. So we've got the Aces tonight at the WNBA side. We've got the NBA Finals Game 1 with the Warriors and the Celtics. So looking forward to that. All right, I want to thank uh, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, for joining us, as well as Jim Barnett, both from San Francisco uh, at the Chase Center, getting ready for tonight's action uh, in San Francisco. First time that the Chase Center is hosting an NBA Finals. Uh, Great atmosphere in that building. I was there for the NCAA tournament. It's great. And uh, the crowd's been electric, you know, even though it's got kind of a bum rap. For a lot of you know people that you know miss Oakland and, and I do too, but uh, hey, Chase Center's kind of growing on people and uh, it'll be electric there uh, tonight. All right, so appreciate Cartwright, Barnett, and also Scott Spritzer for joining us as well too. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Have yourself a good evening, and again, 
Look forward to the Aces tonight. Come join me out at the Mandalay Bay or listen on the radio uh, a few notches down the dial. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. Pre-game show, Becky Hammond joins me and Kelsey Plum at 6.30 and then tip off at 7.06. <laughs> All right. See you tomorrow. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Have yourself a good one and enjoy the games.